This is Let's Talk Business with your host, Mark Ebinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about indoor pickleball coming to San Antonio, Texas. In studio with us today is Jesse Hans Diaz, the founder of Hans Pickleball here in San Antonio. Jesse, welcome back to the show. Howdy, Mark. Welcome to be back. I like the gear that you're uh, sporting there with the uh, Hans logo. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yeah, I, it. Just I visited gotta... your website, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the merch store and check out and see if I can buy some stuff. Man. So <laughs> love what you got going on there. Appreciate it. Also in studio with us today is David Comet with Urban Earth, who is leading the development of the Texas Pickle Hall uh, indoor facility, which I'm super excited about. Dev- David, welcome to the show. Thank you. So um, th- this concept, this is going to be the first, right? Indoor facility? As far as we're concerned, yes. Uh, I'm, there's word out that there's um, some other type of venues that are being developed. Okay. Uh, but so it's a race. It's, right? uh, I, you could call it that, sure. <laughs> it's a race. Sure. All right, we'll get there. All right, uh, I'm your host, Mark Ebiger, the owner of Krukus Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States. And I'm Kian Frith, the CEO of KB Impact Consulting, a boutique consulting firm. I'm CFO consultant and cyber specialist. A quick reminder to follow the Let's Talk Business Podcast on all the major podcast platforms and social media where you can catch video versions of the show. You can get to everything easily by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. Okay, so Jesse, let's start with pickleball. Um, Give me 30 seconds of what it is, and then let's get into why is it so popular here in San Antonio. It's a hybrid sport, right? So you got a combination of tennis, badminton, and ping pong. We've got elements of all. You have a, a smaller... Uh, court compared to your tennis court. Uh, ball serves is similar to a wiffle ball, plastic ball with holes, and then you have your uh, carbon fiber paddles. Um, usually the cores are uh, a poly of some sort. Um, but you know, in terms of equipment, that's the difference. But it, it's a it's a hybrid sport, and the reason it's becoming uh, it's one of the fastest growing sports in the United States, more so also growing in San Antonio is. It's, it's very easy to pick up. Um, your skill set uh, in terms of athleticism is not really uh, determined on whether you can play or not. It's very easy to pick up, but it is also one of the hardest games to master. It's something that I'm finding out, which is why it becomes so addictive, I believe. You know, not just that, the benefits it does for you physically, mentally. Um, that's what I can attest to personally. I think that it combines all of the fun elements of those three sports and puts it into one and kind of eliminates the unfun, if that's a word, uh, elements of uh, some of the others. There's a lot of lot less running on pickleball than there is on tennis, for sure. Yeah, it's. No? I feel there's a lot more movement because it's a smaller court. You have a lot more steps that you got to take huh. uh, to get to the ball, um, whereas in a tennis court, you can take longer strides. Right, so if that makes sense, you're, you're, I feel there's a lot more movement on a pickleball court. And look, I, I'll be uh, on a court in two hours, and I'm burning about 1,200 calories. Like, it, and that's just to show how much of activity you're doing um, being on there. So it's I, fun for me I too. Think based on that, Mark, um, it's it's a sport I think you probably could do with taking up. Yes, absolutely. I'll be 55 this year. I know I don't look it. Really? Yeah, I know, right? Big shocker. What how old are you, David? I am 62. Okay. Yeah, you wear it well, too. Thank you. All right. Age gracefully. Okay, so um, pickleball, you started Hands Pickleball. You're running that business. And then we're going to move into Texas Pickle Hall. So how does how did that happen? How did that come about? 
So again, pickleball being a passion of mine and just being a, an entrepreneur at spirit and heart, um, it, I followed those passions. And um, with that came a vision of a place to play. Me being a, a, a competitor in, the, in pickleball, I compete in tournaments just the same. Um, here locally, I know that there's a demand that needs to be fulfilled. And again, that, that's more my entrepreneurial side just kicking in like, hey, you need to do something about this, right? Um, and with that, uh, I know that a facility will need to be built of some sort. There are multiple developers here in San Antonio, but I'm more inclined on the type of location that, that I will be in uh, physically, what kind of air I'll be breathing. That's important to me. Um, and that's why I approached David, because I know of his, his, his style of building. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's great in terms of other projects that he's done. And so for me, it was a no brainer. I was like, David, look, man, I have this idea. I think you and I should maybe take a look at it. And next thing you know, here we are talking about what revisions permits need to be made. Did you know David ahead of time or how'd you meet him or what? We've collaborated uh, before on a couple of other projects, yes, but nothing like this capacity. Okay. So what were the, what's the biggest thing you think David brings to the table when it comes to building something like this? Uh, his, I believe, it, the, I, I know for sure, just based on what I've seen, is, is his approach to uh, what, so it's not just about using um, uh, expensive materials. You know, the, his approach to it is just really dumbed down, if you will, just using the basic approach of materials and how to put that together, but also requires a, a understanding of what you're doing and how you're putting them together, where ultimately how it's going to affect the entire building in terms of air quality, the, um, the amount of uh, energy that will be used and about an amount of energy that will be saved, and then what's it returning for the environment itself, which again, all those factors are important to me. And so I felt that if I can collect, com- combine that with a pickleball venue, then you know, it makes sense. So why does air quality matter so much? You said it a couple of times, but why is that such a big deal when it comes to pickleball hall? So I was born asthmatic. <clears throat> oh. And so air quality, <clears throat> pardon me, air quality to me is, is important, almost life or death. You know, my son is asthmatic, right? So I do take that into, into consideration. You know, if I get a text saying that, uh, you know, people with, uh, um, uh, sensitive uh, allergies and, and uh, breathing issues, you know, stay in, don't go out. So you're telling me I can't go play pickleball because of that? That's just kind of like to, to the point of why it's important to me. Not just me, my son's health, just the same. I, I love the rationale for why you wanted to go and do this um, and, and promoting out pickleball at the same time. I'm wondering, David, when, when he approached you and, and he said, I, I've got this idea, I've got this thought, were you like, I love it, or was there even an initial thought of like, that, that, that's just crazy? And something that you didn't really want to entertain. What, what was the initial reaction from yourself? Yeah, I'd say I had a lot less judgment about it than I had questions about it. Okay. So uh, um, I think in, in business and in life, it pays to try and be way more observant about what's really going on in the outside world and to get too lost in our own thoughts. I've certainly been guilty of that in my business career of, you have this idea, you think you can drive it through, and you ignore external feedback loops that try to guide you and help you to pivot to the ultimate or optimized business proposition. So when he approached me about it, I thought, hmm, I'm aware of pickleball. I hadn't played it yet, I don't think. 
Uh, I'm well aware of the popularity. I'm well aware of the growth trends in pickleball. And, and when you look at real estate development, from my perspective, we look at the entire site, both the land management strategies along with the building uh, approach, et cetera. And, and there were a lot of external factors that I was analyzing that were negatives on the project we had planned at that site. For example, right next to I-35. So it's an external environmental factor. Do I want to build homes there, townhomes there? What's the right uh, value proposition to bring there? And so this is more of a, uh, an economic kind of strategy conversation around, is this the highest, best use of this land? When Jesse brought it to me, we decided to take a three-week pause do a deep dive, study this very, very carefully. And at the end of the day, we're spreadsheet guys. I mean, we're green building guys, but we're spreadsheet guys. And the value proposition was significantly better just in terms of from a real estate perspective and a much better value proposition in the community as a whole. So to me, it felt like an absolute no-brainer to pivot, mm -hmm. right? We'd already had a lot of work that was completed. None of that was wasted. You know, all of that was, was usable towards this end. It really was the physical manifestation of the building that changed. Nice, I like it. I was waiting for follow-up numbers questions on that because it, 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 he's the numbers guy, right? But As am I. Well, <laughs> well I, mean, it, I mean, it's in, interesting because I can imagine that actually from your perspective, um, there's a reputation for the kind of builds that you're doing that they're invariably more expensive. That That's the perception, it's more expensive. So then from an entrepreneurial perspective, were you willing to take an extra cost because of the benefit that you're going to be able to offer up or was it not like that at all? Because actually, the way it's you not can... like that at all. Actually, really, right? So that, okay. there's an assumption. So when you work, when you use, and please, if I use buzzwords, interrupt me and ask me to clarify. But when you get into the green building space, when you get into sustainability sciences, when you get into these disciplines around how to provide the, a better built environment, there is the assumption: oh, it must be more expensive. And there was a time when that was true. Some of that was related to exotic products, for example, high-performance windows that we just didn't have in the marketplace, a lot of that has changed. To deliver, I'm trained in the passive house design methodology, which is a focus on high-performance buildings and very specific building physics things that you pay attention to, where you can really design these buildings and dial them in. But the components you need in order to deliver that used to be hard to get in the United States. They're not hard to get anymore. Okay. So that okay. piece is gone. Uh, when you look at, at formal studies that have been done, uh, the state of Pennsylvania did a formal passive house study, for example, is because passive house is kind of globally considered to be the gold standard in energy performance. It's the closest methodology from design to actual performance really in the marketplace. That's what they're known for. So, so I think what you're getting at is that the costs have really kind of come down to achieve what it is you're trying to achieve. Is well, yes, but partly because of the pieces and parts that you need to build the building. But what they found at, in Pennsylvania was over the years, the cost came down dramatically. So if it was a 15% premium in year one, by yep. year three, they were either market neutral or less. Yep. And that had more to do with, did people know how to do it? Contractors, engineers, architects. So it's really more a knowledge and skill issue. And as, those, as that knowledge base grows, as the skills grow, it's actually, the goal should be maximum three to 5% premium, but generally, that's only on your first dollar cost. Over the life cycle of the building, it's less expensive because your operating and maintenance costs go down. Which I think is gonna become more and more significant as energy costs rise, which we know they're not gonna go down. They're always gonna go up. Absolutely. absolutely, we're seeing it now. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was interesting. So many, many years ago, I, I was an avid watcher of Grand Designs back in the UK oh, where yeah. I used to live there. Uh, and I always fascinated by the passive house builds right um, and, and back then 15 20 years ago i mean the costs for them were enormous but 
um, being an accountant, I'm looking at the lifetime cost. And even back then, there was a business case for it. Yes. Um, and so now I can imagine that now there's the economies of scale, there's greater knowledge and, um, and skill set that actually it becomes attractive. So therefore, when you guys came together and collaborated and went, had that three week pause, went, yeah, this is going to work. Both of you were comfortable with the numbers and how it all sat together. You had a business case for it that actually stacked up as well then to go, yep, let's work together on this because we will be able to make this hall work. It will be great in this community. We're confident that it'll be utilized, et cetera. Well, yeah. yeah, as long as you can go and be cool in the summertime and be able to play pickleball, I think you're going to have a home run. I, I mean, people love pickleball and they want to be able to play in the summertime, which seems like it's nine months out of the year here in San That's Antonio right. that you need air conditioning on. So kudos to you guys. So you talk about mm -hmm. high-performance building. So can you break that down for me and what we're talking about? I know we touched on it already, but really what is uh, high-performance building in your mind? So it's, it's actually pretty simple. So it's basic concepts like continuous thermal insulation, right? So you want all the insulation like a big warm blanket wrapped around your building. High-performance windows and doors, those are your building perforations, that's where generally your air leakage occurs. Airtight construction, right? So 50% of your energy performance in our climate zone is related to how airtight your building is. It's actually, in this climate, maybe more important than how well insulated your building is. Once you create that, then you want mechanical ventilation, which is something I used to rebel against, but now I've come along. And mechanical ventilation means, yeah, I'm airtight, I'm well insulated, all this is great, but now I need oxygen. So now you focus on fresh air exchange, and that's what Jesse's you know, looking at when he's talking about the indoor air quality. Mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature, how you site the building, but it's really about, about measuring the building physics, how heat is moving in and out of the building. And we're in a hot, humid climate here, to your point. It's nine months out of the year we're using air conditioning. Most building science is written for cold climates. So it's actually easier to achieve these things in our climate, believe it or not, because we're not so extreme on the cold. Right here, we're trying to keep the heat and the humidity out. So we're very focused on, on air tightness. Obviously, insulation where it's more valuable at the top of the building. And then we're using high thermal mass in uh, using structural stone on the wall assembly so that we get that nice above-ground cave cool feeling in the summertime. So it's, it's, it's mixing and matching building physics with what's available in the local market. And you've got a lot of square footage on the roof. Are you guys going to do any solar? Uh, it depends. So uh, once we get the building design down to an energy utilization intensity or an EUI, which is like a miles per gallon for a building, once we get that down to a certain level, that's when you start applying solar. And that metric is usually an EUI of 20 or below. That's where it pays to invest in solar. Anything above that, you should be caulking the windows and taping and really trying to improve the thermal envelope. The whole goal is to reduce the amount of mechanical equipment or active solutions and focus more on passive solutions, thus the name Passive House, yes. which helps the building perform and also contributes to a longer life of the building. So once you do all of that, you end up with a building that's not just better for performance, but it's cheaper to maintain, it's healthier to be inside, et cetera. Of course, there... like music to my ears, that. You know, yeah, right. I've been a numbers guy. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering with, with the way that this is being constructed, I'm, I'm getting some visuals in my, in my head here of like the, the stone wall and it being that above ground cave. And it, it's very appealing, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like sitting here in this studio. I love the bits of green and that it just gives you that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm kind of getting that about the pickle hall. Um, when players step out onto the court, are they going to notice a difference playing at your venue compared to other venues? I mean, that's the idea. The, the type of uh, uh, facility we're trying to provide is that, oh, wow, 
this is a pickle hall and you'll be able to know that you're at the pickle hall not just by the aesthetics but again by how you how it makes you feel you know the type of uh, environment the community just the same so um but before you you mentioned something about the acoustics as well that will be different so actually um the acoustics within the hall are going to be different to other places where they play pickleball yes so will they notice that difference as well going out into court so yes the, the, the player experience will be enhanced because of the way that David's designing it. Correct. Um, USA Pickleball is actually um, working hard on addressing the acoustics uh, in the communities um, to the point where they're um, demanding, uh, not demanding, but um, also put another line of quiet, what they call the quiet category. So quiet paddles, quiet balls. Again, this is to address the acoustics. So what David's way of building is is uh, addressing that acoustics in, in the way he's building automatically. It's just... That's why I approached him. Is is he's he's the man when it comes to building a building that's going to perform right. And so uh, another thing on on the business side is, um, you know, the the cost that it would cost to uh, keep a, a building of this capacity cool, right? What what I'm mean, linking it to the I guess the the tennis facilities in the '80s. You know, they had a bunch of indoor ones, and all of a sudden it was just too expensive to maintain. Well, that's another reason why this is important, you know, is, is that ability to to provide that that uh, type of playing uh, facility and, and uh, longevity wise be able to sure. make it happen. I'm really interested in a comment you just made there that USA Pickleball is, is um, trying to combat basically acoustic issues within the, the sport. Is what you guys working on actually attracting their attention? Are they, are they kind of intrigued in what you guys are doing? Are they aware of what you're doing? Absolutely not. This has been a kind okay, of a hush-hush this... hush, uh, okay. project. Okay. Uh, this is the first, honestly, that we're uh, probably when the, this episode airs, you know, people may, may get more of a wind of how this all came to be. But um, okay. we're, we're there now. We're there now. So what's nice. the plan then? You guys are going to involve the pickleball official folks, or um, are you seeking, uh, in, are there any incentive programs around what you guys are building as far as discounts on stuff or whatever, taxes or tax breaks or whatever? Because when you're building an energy efficient building like this, it seems like there would be stuff like that. So I'm just curious on the, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, it's not a collaboration, but at least the interest of the official uh, pickleball side. And then also, uh, I was gonna ask this before, we got into other conversation was about is there anything locally as far as incentives that you guys are going to be able to take advantage of uh, from a business but let's start with involving the official pickleball side so i honestly feel that that will come on its own uh, just because again of the the type of place that we're building um my 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 priority is is serving the initial community right and and by doing so you're going to attract. Exactly, exactly. And that's just how I, uh, I strongly feel about that in terms of involving USA Pickleball. And, and don't get me wrong, it, I'd love to. I'd love to. But um, my focus right now is the community, okay. the community that I'm a part of as well, that I know, hey, when, when, when is it opening? We, you know, we need one, you know, all those questions and, and, and demands that, that are out there right well, now. Well, doing a press release I think would be a good – thing to do like you know we've seen before with businesses that are launching they'll do a press release even before they've broken ground just to kind of create some hype around it and build some expectation but what about the uh, the energy side of it and local as far as is there any 
government programs or incentive programs or anything you guys are going to be able to take advantage of? So there's a layer of programs from federal to state to local. It depends on what you're doing and where you are. Mm -hmm. Certainly the IRA legislation, what, 18 months ago, provided tax credits, things of that nature. Um, there are other really building science geeky things that, that come into play, like carbon credits, tax credits, things you can get. So these are all evolving marketplaces, uh, both in the U.S., mostly in Europe. Uh, but, but globally, this is, this is something that's evolving. A lot of it's around the climate change conversation is focused, but also as business people. You know, we have, when you apply these to your spreadsheet, if you're, if you're a, a CFO kind of guy, and, and we are. So we're investment people, too, right? So we look at our numbers, and we don't do this for any other agenda other than to serve the needs of the project, serve the needs of the community, and deliver the best thing that we can. So part of the reason we haven't hyped this, part of the reason we haven't talked about it, is because I believe in getting a, the permission to build the building first, and then we'll talk about what it is we're about to do, versus I really don't like the we're going to fill in the blank. That's just never something that, that I've liked to do. I'm sure we would you know, have this at 10 times the size of the project that it is now if we were out trying to promote it because the demand is so extreme. And so we're entrepreneurs. We're out to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. and we're, but we're, gonna, we're trying to solve it in a very enlightened way that isn't just about uh, – it has, has little to do with um, necessarily leveraging incentives, although that's part of the financial model. It has little to do with – climate change per se, even though we're talking about advanced building science stuff, it really has to do with doing the best that we can at the site that we have in the community that we're serving and try to provide the best value proposition. And so we're, so all and of it's us- it's a long-term strategy too, which you guys are playing, which I think is pretty good. But so you, you, what about scaling? Is this something that, okay, boom, we did it, it works. Is this something that you guys can then yeah. go somewhere else with um, or apply it to a different sport or do we do more uh, Texas pickle halls in in San Antonio, and then go to Austin, and what's the plan yeah. there? Or do is you guys just have any idea? Yeah, is it just a proof of concept here? I mean, you're going to meet a knee here in the community of San Antonio, but is it proof of concept? And then you can go and take it on the road, as it were. Well, I, I think um, with all good business propositions, uh, the first thing is to get the prototype built, done, and when that's a success, if that's all we do, that's enough. It's great. The truth is we've been approached by municipalities. I've been approached by, you know, everyone we talk to about it tries to write me a check and wants to be involved. I think all of that will, will unfold and be known as we open this facility and have operational experience. So you We're, really got something here based on the, the feedback you're getting before you've even built the thing. Yeah. But they love the concept and, and the numbers, I guess, behind it. So I suppose one of the questions I've got there is how are you protecting the intellectual property there that you guys have built up between you here with this collaboration? And are you concerned about it? Or are you like, well, we're just going to do this. If someone else goes and does it, good luck to them. You know, what's, your, what's your approach there? To well, me, there's value to it. That's all. Yeah, my view is, is, is focusing on unique value propositions and unique business processes, right? So, so when we do that, it's, it's really built upon our shared uh, wisdom and experience, whether it's in building science or pickleball. So I, I, my, my feeling is generally in life, when you focus on process and not on product per se, then you build a unique value proposition. It's very hard to copy because there's only one of me, there's only one of him, and, and how we're doing this and how we're putting this together, along with the sensitivity towards community values and things of that nature, and really focusing on building culture. And so to me, you've heard it said, culture eats strategy for lunch, right? So how do we build culture around this? 
It begins with the site. It goes to the building. It goes to how we interact with, with our members, the, 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 the community values that we create. And all that gets expressed literally in everything from the virtual to the physical. Okay. He mentioned community values. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just to clarify, you know, it's uh, obviously the community, inclusivity, sportsmanship, learning, and collaboration. I mean, that's, that's really what the place feel, will mean. Uh, and try to maintain. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the things you guys will have at Texas Pickle Hall. Uh, as far as there's a whole lot there, right? There's potential tournaments, there's leagues, there's kid programs, there's elderly programs, just a lot. Give me an idea of where you're headed with this, Jesse. Uh, I mean, you mentioned it, you said it all. Honestly, it's more of a programming uh, uh, type of, of conflicts that I'm going to be getting into you know do I want to have uh, a tournament this week or do I want to have a league this week you know uh, not to mention uh, part of the, the the venue is to be able to allow for corporate events team building events you know that's huge uh, and in my experience is what I'm seeing that pickleball is a great avenue for companies to help their own employees not just de-stress but mentally also uh, uh, adjust to, to what's going on or whatever. It's just kind of like an outlet, if you will. Um, so a lot of everything, to your point, tournaments, corporate events. Uh, if somebody wants to have a wedding there, I'm not going to turn them away. Why not? I've already seen pickleball weddings on social media. So. Why not? Wow. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I love um, what you're, you're seeking to achieve here. You're talking about a prototype. Um, you're wetting our appetite for it. How long do we have to wait until we can go and play pickleball? In your new facility, we're hoping by the end of uh, summertime, early fall. That's the 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 launch that we're we're seeking. Again, it's all on year. permits of this year, twenty twenty four. Thank you for <laughs> for clarifying. Yes. So okay. Ho hopefully, in a few more no, months. No, no pressure. Yeah. Right. right. That's true. I've been. Oh my goodness, the pressure I've been putting on this guy. I'm surprised he's still wanting to stick with me. But well, no, you, it's he's great. You guys are going to build hype around just building the building, right? I mean, because it's like it's coming. Here it is. This is what's going on. Social media be a great place to. You know, to give updates and, and yeah. you know, start putting together leagues mm -hmm. and whatnot while it's being built so that you can launch that sucker all at once with uh, yeah. a, a full schedule. Yes, right. to your point, I, I, I will be uh, selling founding memberships uh, exclusive only to those that would like to be a part of that uh, exclusive community. So, you know, founding members are going to get certain perks, certain exclusive events. And, uh, you know, that's that's. Again, creating the hype, getting people ready for it, for it. You know, we're probably going to have some uh, soft openings exclusive only to our founding members as well. Just some ideas on, on um, what we're going to do to to get people ready. Have you got that clearly out, uh, outlined what that founding membership is? Yes. So talk about it then. Sure. Uh, I mean, it, it's basically going to be almost the equivalent of what we're, our premium uh, membership will be, which is what we call our addicted membership. We'll have two type of memberships. You'll have aspiring membership and your addicted membership. Your, your addicted membership is more premium, uh, top tier, uh, more uh, court time, uh, more advanced uh, booking time, uh, discounts, and stuff like that. So the founding membership will mimic that. Um, uh, again, be able to book courts, uh, bring in friends. You'll get guest passes. You're going to get the swag bag. You're going to get T-shirt, the, the cap. You're going to get the, the backpack as well. Uh, you're going to get founding member coin, uh, an actual coin that you'll be able to bring on, on exclusive events. And we'll provide uh, guest passes as well that you'll be able to hand out. And those will be coins as well. So it's a little bit, again, of a community environment that we're trying to create. Okay. And so talk about the addicted membership. What is that one? 
so again, that's more the top tiered membership. It's uh, uh, you'll get 15 days advanced court uh, ability to reserve a court, whereas your uh, aspiring will get seven. And if you're not a member, you get a two day advance uh, time frame to to book your courts. Um, you'll be getting. Uh, we'll also have uh, videos, uh, camera systems in the. Uh, facility so that you can create content if you're a, an influencer or you're trying to learn on your game. So part of the membership will allow you to get a certain amount of pools for free as, as part of your membership on a monthly basis. Again, discounts and, and uh, other uh, access to other uh, venues and, and uh, events that we'll be having like leagues, round robins, tournaments and stuff like that. So let's talk about that content for a minute because I produce a lot of content obviously with the podcast. I'm, so it's interesting to me is so What's the quality of the content? Is it HD 4K, 5K, 8K? What's that going to be? And then how do they get it? Well, that's great questions. Uh, we're, as we get to that bridge, we will we'll decide the, the, the camera. But obviously, the better quality um, is what we're aiming for, right? So, um, And it's a simple request. Just send us a request. Hey, at this time, on this court, you know, I'd like the, the footage, right? So we'll be able to go back and, into our archives and email it to them in, a, in an MP4 file and it's theirs. And if they'd like to buy more, there's that option too. So it's going to be a video only, no audio? Um, it, it will probably have audio as well because okay. we will have a PA system. It's needed, you know. Uh, so to, you can hear them cuss when they miss the <laughs> uh, hot mics, right? Hot mic, yeah. <laughs> That's I love right. It. Cool, man. That's a great idea. Have you, did you see that somewhere else? Where'd you come up with that idea to, you know, the content generation? So um, actually, it came kind of natural from what I see online, uh, social media. You see a lot of uh, athletes and, and other influencers just posting content. So to me, it was, it was of a natural idea to incorporate it. Um, but then uh, we visited a, a facility in Utah that was already uh, incorporating it, and, and they do have it as part of their membership. So it was like, okay, the others are already doing it. We're not reinventing the wheel here. So mm -hmm. just, yeah. Nice. I, I'm, I'm intrigued with the build. Um, as I said earlier, I, I used to love watching Grand Designs. I still dip into it occasionally. I've watched it myself. Um, mm. One of the things I love is the time lapse. Yeah. Um, are you planning to do a time lapse so that people can see what's going on in real time and you play it back? Or yeah, so, so I'm probably guilty of being laser focused on getting a building permit. Okay. All of these are ideas that we've sketched out, okay. that we've discussed and contemplated. I can't do anything until I have permission to build. So I've been very focused on that. So that's a little bit of cat herding. You've got architects, engineers, people back and forth, the city and life safety stuff. So, but a absolutely, I think, um, you know, as, as Jesse said, pickleball meets building science is how he likes to phrase it. And so there's two interesting stories here. Obviously, going to play pickleball is really the idea. Um, not many people get as excited about building science as I do. But how all of that comes together to create the environment that we hope to create, that we hope is the preferred place you'd, you'd want to play. Um, we want to document that as much as possible. Good. So we've begun with some outlines. We've got some walkthroughs of renderings of the final building design. All of that's going to be live soon on the website. Uh, but to your point, tracking this, talking about it, why, did we why are we using two-foot-thick blocks of stone for wall? Mm -hmm. Nobody does that here. Well, why? Uh, why did we why did we orient the way that we did? Why do we have twelve courts on it? All of these things and how we put the thing the building together uh, should be you know to me it's it's a it's a conversation about quality that begins with the build, and it and it continues 
with the quality experience of playing in the facility. Well, yeah, I'm, and it includes the community. Correct. So when you, you know, Jesse being the face of the business, when you're, you know, getting on social media and you're talking about your enthusiasm for the project from A to Z, that you're going to bring the community along with you and they're going to be with you when you open it, open those doors. Um, and I think that's a huge opportunity that uh, you guys have because yeah. there's it, the building's exciting, the sport's mm. exciting, the end product is exciting, and then your plan going forward with execution within the community is exciting. So that's just constantly being in front of people, you know, saying, hey, this is what's coming. This is why it's awesome. You know, you obviously love it, you know, and, and it fits age ranges all up and down the spectrum so everybody can be a part of what it's doing. So just stay on top of that social media big time with what you guys are doing. And time-lapse videos are great, you know, project-based. This is what this is going up. Fast time it, put it up on social media, and talk about it. Do some voiceover where you're like, hey, this is what's going on. No, absolutely. The, Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the collaborative story is amazing. So even just individually, they're good stories, but you bring it together, it's even better. So actually building that hype with the time lapse, with the postings, with, the, with you guys just talking and sharing, you know? Like I, I could sit and listen to both of you from your own particular um, areas of interest. Um, I, I, mean, I love the building stuff, as you can possibly sure, tell, yeah. you know? So actually hearing that and being shared with community and people getting behind it going, wow, that building's something really pretty darn special there. And there's gonna be a ton of courts there. It's like, that's really cool, you know? Um, I, and I, I'm aware like, I grew up in England, um, in, in Cornwall. Uh, the Eden Project was a, a disused China clay pit, which um, was turned into a thriving eco um, and glass house area. It was just phenomenal. And that whole story was documented and then shared with community. And it became world famous with what they went and achieved. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of see something a little, almost a little bit similar here of like, you've got that whole sport and house engineering and stuff being melded together. Yeah. What a fascinating story. I can imagine that people in sports in Peru and Australia would be going, that's interesting. Yeah. I want to follow this journey, you know? Yeah, and you can get reason. local government involved. Interesting. I mean, Howie knows the mayor. I don't know if you know the mayor or not, but I mean, that, that could be a thing too. I mean, just yeah. bringing more people into this project. I'm excited for what you guys are doing, so congratulations. Well, I think that. you guys are touching on the point that we've spent a lot of time dialoguing about and thinking about, which is... Yes, there's a big pickleball story. Yes, maybe there's a big building science story for some of us who are interested in that. But how do you talk about that, right? And how do you, how do you communicate what it is we're trying to achieve? And so far, the, the, the path we've chosen is we're very uh, internally focused right now because we have to create the product, right? And that takes anybody that's built anything knows that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and so, uh, at least for me, I've been very kind of internally focused. Once we get to the building permit and we get a little more live, of course we have to be more externally focused. And so, so we've, I think up till this point, just try to be, frankly, just transparent and honest of how we got here. It's really, we're building something, we pivot, mm. a better idea, uh, et cetera. And, and as an entrepreneur, the concept of, of as you pivot, the faster you pivot, the better your execution tends to be. So there's some elements of lean startup in here, building science, pickleball, all coming together, which again goes back to wisdom and experience, right? How, do, how come we can do this? Because of the wisdom and experience we've had, both good and bad, right? Through our lifetime, business careers, et cetera. All of that comes to the table just to try and create something that we go, that we say to ourselves, this is what I would want 
if I could make the perfect place for me. And, but talking about it as a cohesive uh, project when it has so many different elements has really been the big challenge. Mm -hmm. And then creating, taking that and making it into a story right. that plays well on social media. Which right. is not my skill. I'm a bit of a social media Luddite. I really don't get on social media. I know it's a survival skill in the marketing world. It's just not something <laughs> I'm wired for. So, But Jesse, there's a tremendous yeah. opportunity here yes. to tell that story and involve the community. Even if it's, you could bring in nonprofits, you can bring in local charity, uh, government stuff. I mean, there's just, again, there's a lot of potential there. It's like, remember we used to watch they would build a home from scratch or they would they would remodel a home from from zero to hero sure. and they would do it in a week oh, yeah. right remember those shows right. from back in the day um, that really people love to connect with and they feel that emotional connection could be there with Texas Pickle Hall from the start to right. where this is where they choose to go because they feel connected to that place there's an opportunity to create that here that's that right and I'll, let me give you a concrete example of that so early on in the design uh, somebody that I have a relationship with through, through my not-for-profit work, uh, uh, who's in a wheelchair, was was you know always saying to me, "Can I come visit your home?" I love that. That's her standard question. Can I come visit your home, Jesse? Can I get into your house, etc.? And so she she was part of our design process. So I would take our design and I would bring it, and she would point out to me where the challenges are for people in a wheelchair to navigate because wheelchair pickleball is a thing. And so when, we, nice. when Jesse talks about community value being inclusive, those are the kinds of things we're talking about. We want everybody to be able to come to play here, whether you're in a wheelchair, you're not in a wheelchair, differently abled, whatever. Skill levels, this is not, we're not building the Temple of Pickle Hall where only 4-0 players go because even I wouldn't be able to enter then. But see, did that happen in isolation or did that happen in something that was captured and can be shared? That happened in isolation because part of the planning process. Right, but, but you can still share it. Right, it can right. still be a conversation with this person in the wheelchair, talking about how you did this thing, and it becomes a part of that story that's going to endear the community. Well, that's to right your now. point, I mean, para, uh, para pickleball is is a thing right now, and and there are San Antonio players that I've interacted with, so I've seen their struggles navigating existing courts, right, that weren't suited for or didn't have them in mind. Uh, and and, I, and again, uh, that's why it was very important that we are inclusive of everyone, you know, that because this is just a great sport for everyone. And that's an individual story that should be told. You're right. Absolutely should be told. Yeah. Great, 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 great stories. I've got two questions. One, when, when are you going to break ground? As soon as I get a building permit, we're ready to go. Okay. And you're going to make a big fanfare about this. You're going to get people there to do rim and cup, nice special spades and make a big song and dance of this? That's the conversation. Again, that awesome. is not my strength because I tend to <laughs> kind of work on, you know, stay focused. But, yeah, absolutely. Sure. So this is a conversation. We're very proud of this on all so levels. Yeah, and so, so you got to capture it at every level. Definitely. You really do. So the other thing that I'm picking up on is you're talking about pivoting, okay? So you probably come together. You've had the idea that it's a good concept. Um, whether it's through this particular journey or in journeys before, um, bear in mind we, we're recording this podcast, it's for entrepreneurs, business owners, um, you're pivoting, your, your, your story of pivoting, Can you maybe share a little bit of things that you've been faced with where you've had to pivot even in this journey that actually business owners are going, actually that's the kind of thing I'm faced with, perhaps I need to be pivoting. Yeah. You know, you've got about 60 seconds. Okay, so, so I've coached a little bit in the lean startup method, full disclosure. And that's one of the core principles in Lean Startup is the art of the pivot. 
And what you find, if I look back on my own business career, if I'm honest with myself, I look go, oh, maybe we should have pivoted or pivoted faster or paid more attention, right? So to me, pivoting is about getting out of your own head, getting out and observing the outside world, what's really happening, and staying awake to what's floating by, right? So was Jesse just floating by? Well, no, we had a relationship. <laughs> I respect Jesse. I trust Jesse. I think he has good judgment. Jesse floats by. We should pay attention. Had I stayed in my own head and stayed committed to the original vision, uh, I would have missed the opportunity, what I view as an opportunity. So to me, the pivot's all about staying awake, staying aware, being, being open, being willing, and being willing to do the hard work. And then at the very end of the day, letting go of the outcome. Because often we say, well, if I turn right, yeah, but this might happen. Well, maybe it will happen. So risk management's always a feature. We always do, to me, risk management is always the first thing we do. The upside takes care of itself with good risk management. But the art of the pivot is to do it quickly. Nice. I like nice. that. It's almost a quote, right? Um, you know what I mean? Is that risk management is the, is the point. If the risk management is correct, the upside will take care of itself. It's almost a T-shirt. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, we got to wrap it up there. Awesome. Uh, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that, David? Uh, they can reach me by, by email if they want, dcomet at urbanearth.us. The website, urbanearth.us, can reach out to me there as well. Okay. And Jesse, how do they get a hold of you? So they can uh, reach out to handspickleball.com, H-A-N-D-Z, pickleball.com. We also have our social media handles on Instagram. Texas Pickle Hall also has its social media handles currently going, and we're about to launch the website pretty soon. All right, cool. I'll be following. Nice. All right, thanks, guys. As we wrap up this show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast and catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for this one. You guys have a great week. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.